Hey guys, thanks for jumping on to the third episode of Weathering the Market. This is meteorologist Kaylee Carey here with Emily Creevy. Hey guys, hope everyone's having a great day. So something that I was just looking at earlier last week on our website was we have a really great feature that I love. It's a GFS verification tool. So it basically shows you every day where the GFS was too warm, where it was too cold, and exactly how warm and too cold it was. Do you like that tool, Emily? Yes. <laughs> but what have you found interesting about it? Well, I'm not afraid to be told when I'm wrong, and I like knowing when someone else can absolutely tell me, hey, this is wrong, but we have the solution for it. We've noticed that it's wrong. This is the right information, so we're trying to correct the wrong information you were given, you know, just useful tools like that. Yes. And so as a forecaster, I, you know, I've always kind of leaned towards the European model and that's just because, you know, consistently it is known to perform better than the GFS, but you know, GFS has its shining moments as well. But now that looking at this tool that we have, the verification tool, I've really started seeing like, oh wow, it, the GFS really, really missed that forecast. And we've been seeing that a lot, especially out West lately and in pockets in the Northeast. So I started to dig a little bit deeper. Now, why exactly is the GFS not catching everything that the Euro is? Well, a lot of it has to do with the grid system. The Euro is at a nine kilometer grid, while the GFS is at a 13 kilometer grid. And they're just basically using different models to predict the changes. So consistently, the Euro has performed better than the GFS since 2007, and likely a while before then, the GFS has produced a generally more accurate five-day forecast. At no point it has, so meaning the Euro has consistently been more accurate since 2007 for the Northern Hemisphere between 20 and 80 degrees north. So, I mean, how do you feel about that? European model beating out that American model. That's so upsetting. <laughs> I mean, you should see the arguments I've been seeing on Twitter about how wrong the GFS is and how everyone should just pay attention to the Euro or basically any other model out there except for the GFS. It's so sad. It is, but you know what? Let's show the GFS some love. It did pick up on some things. You know, it did catch Tropical Storm Dorian where the Euro did not. And then as of late, the models have actually started to agree, which is exciting because for the past couple of weeks, I feel like it's kind of been hard, you know, to, we've been using a blend of almost everything, but finally the models are starting to converge, which is, you know, leading into more confidence in the forecast moving forward. And what we're actually looking at is both models are currently picking up on a pretty strong system trying to make its way through an early February, indicating that we could be dipping into a colder phase. Has this winter been cold for you, Emily? No, no. <laughs> it's, it's 50 degrees outside in Texas. I think two days ago, maybe yesterday, it was 70 degrees. It is January, guys. Oh my god. But hey, the low tonight is in the 30s, so... It will be cooler, but this winter, it's been pretty mild for almost everyone. A lackluster winter, I guess you could say. And it's like the the models are predicting like, you know, it'll be colder, but womp womp, three days out, it shifts and it's not. But what we're looking at is that a lot of this is having to do with the current phase of MJO. We've kind of been in a phase six, but what we need is that MJO phase to go into a one and an eight, and that could produce significantly cooler air. Do you know what the MJO is? No, you're going to have to <laughs> okay, probably explain okay. that for me and for our listeners. Okay. It's the Madden-Julian oscillation. It's basically this weather system that rotates around the equator. And um, think of it like as a bike kind of going around the tropics. And it's kind of stirring up weather, stirring up storms, and it really affects everything. And it's a 30 to 90 day variability cycle. So it kind of 
It takes its time and we stay in different phases, but if we can get into phase one and eight over the next couple of weeks, which is a possibility, then we could be seeing a colder trend kick off throughout the month of February, which then in turn could affect prices for natural gas. But once again, I mean, storage is up. We've made it through, you know, quite some time without any big systems or big storms. So I don't know, we'll see, but it looks like February could be consistently colder. Models are picking up on something. So something to look forward to. I personally don't look forward to the cold. Uh, I love the warm weather. I honestly enjoy when it's even 100 degrees, believe it or not. Well, hopefully we have a couple of months before that. But all in all, it looks like models are pointing towards cooler weather, trying to make its way through. We have three big systems pushing in, and we'll just have to wait and see what the MJO does. Mm -hmm. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to reach out. We're a Minuteman Weather. And once again, please feel free to always check out our website. We love talking weather and hope to hear from you. If not, we'll catch you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Weathering the Market. We love sharing all this information with you guys. And if you didn't already know, we work for a company called Minuteman Weather, which provides a full range of energy and agricultural weather services. If you would like to sign up for a free trial or request more information, check us out at MinutemanWeather.com. We'll be back next Wednesday. Thanks.